What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode... We've been doing... Zach, we've taken too long off. We have. It's been so long, I can't even say this is episode 119, and today we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode Cure. Cure. Not the band, The Cure. Show me, show me, show me how you do... Oh, sorry. We're an independent podcast, friends. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so at uh, patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate, spelt precisely as it should be. We've got uh, things that, uh, that can benefit you if you decide to become a patron. Uh, one of those things is the ability to uh, vote on uh, rewatch episodes. Zach will tell us more about that in a bit. And mm-hmm. uh, also be able to hear some of the special stuff that we do first. We always put the stuff up on the main feed. We did so a couple of weeks ago. Fourth of July holiday. We knew we were taking that off. So uh, we put a, we put episode five, I think, of The Other Side of the Gate with Zach and David on there. And uh, yeah, Zach and I recorded a Stargate Second Chances fairly recently. It's probably going to be a while before that hits the main feed, but not too long. Where we talk about uh, Stargate the movie again. Yes. And uh, so, you know, if you want to hear what we had to say about that, you can do so like right now, but it's going to it's gonna cost you. That's how it works, friends. <laughs> That's how we get you. That's how it works. But if you're like, no, I will not give you pennies, then at which point we'd be like, yeah, okay, no problem. You'll hear it when we put it on the main feed. Um, Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. We do that stuff. And uh, um, you already found us, but if somebody in your life wants to... This phrase is getting old. Whatever. I'll keep using it anyway. If someone in your life needs more Stargate content in their life, you can tell them that they can find our podcast, Walking Through the Stargate, anywhere where podcasts are found. Just about. Uh, we're not on Amazon and some other things. I can't remember all the things. It doesn't matter. We're on Google. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. And we're on your podcast aggregators. Um, apparently, Zach, Apple is continuing to find new and precious ways to make podcasts a miserable experience. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, apparently you don't subscribe to podcasts anymore. You follow them. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. If you're in the Apple sphere and you want to engage with the podcast app, you probably can figure out how to make this thing happen. If you're not and you're in the Google sphere, you can figure out how to make that happen, too. And if you are just going rogue you got your spotify option you got your podcast aggregator option you're good you're good but um oh hey i see a special note here we got a special thank you to give out we do special thank you es that's 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 awesome i love it when people have names that are letters because it's like oh what does that mean is it like is it is is it emile samuel or is it uh esther stephanie uh or is it um eustace uh, uh, sacrimonious. That would be an interesting I, name. That would be an interesting name. Thank you. I'm going to go with Electra Stunning. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's a comic book name if ever I heard one. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, ES, for joining us on Patreon. We very much appreciate it. Uh, and thank you everybody else who joy- joined us and continues to support us on Patreon. That's fantastic. Uh, hey, uh, listener, if you want a special thank you, uh, you know how to do it. Uh, you can just join us at patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. Now, Zach, yes. if somebody wants to uh, to let me know that I seem to be laying on the radio voice like real thick and I need to dial it back a little bit, 
How might they reach out and let us know that? Well, if you need to talk to Brent <laughs> about how his radio voice is just way over the top, over then the you top. can do that by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com, which is W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-H-E-A dot com. I think you missed the whole thing, but that's okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> gmail.com whatever it is you know whatever what it is. is yeah you got it take take, take the name of the podcast mm-hmm. which is walking through the stargate mm-hmm. put a little at symbol right behind it and take mm-hmm. out all the spaces don't need any spaces nope and then after the at put gmail.com yes and and by dot i mean i don't mean d-o-t i mean no. the like like a period yes period there okay yes the uh punctuation the ooh, the punctuation. The punctuation. <laughs> Join Zach and Brent on the punctuation. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that would be. I don't know. Somebody out there has undoubtedly created a many minutes long podcast on grammar. I bet you. I bet you somebody out there has it. Oh, I'm I'm certain it exists. Yeah. You can also follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking, or you can go to the Facebook page. We have a Walking Through the Stargate page and a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and hit all of the like, follow, subscribe buttons. That's all there. You can go to our website, WTTS.space. Space! So there is a great place on WTTS.space where there are comments that you, yes, oh, you, dear right. listener, can put your comments onto the website for each of these episodes that come out. I so. literally was the person that made the thing, sort of. I think David figured out how to do the thing that you're talking about. But yeah. whatever. I don't even know what's on our website. I don't even know. I'm responsible hey. for making a grilled cheese recipe, which I haven't done, and an employee of the month page, which I haven't done. I'm busy, friend. Anyway, it's amazing. <laughs> There is also, of course, uh, our YouTube channel, uh, which oh, yeah. is YouTube.com. I don't know. Was it Stargate Walken? Yeah, yeah. Because, right. It was the pun. I was, I was Christopher it, yeah, Walken. Like, not Christopher Walken, but Stargate Walken. Stargate Walken. Yeah, um, his brother. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Is today going to be one of those episodes? I don't I know, man. I think so. It, okay. it could be. It could be. Uh, no, I haven't been doing any drinking today. But I have like worked like two weeks in a row, virtually nonstop, in many of those 12-hour days. So I am a little bit punchy. He's a little punchy, and it's the time of year for me where things are really starting to get busy. Indeed. And then, of course. Yeah, we're a little loopy. Yeah. And then, of course, we have patreon.com slash walking through the stargate which brent mm-hmm. has mentioned you have if you become a patreon supporter you get instant access to the other side of the gate uh and stargate second chances though both of those are a walking through the stargate podcast mm-hmm. and uh you know uh, other side of the gate is with me and david second chances is with me and brent as mm-hmm. we re-review old episodes that we've done that you dear patreon members can vote on yep. um uh, do you expect some emails coming out here soon as I get ready to send those July things out? Uh, it's been a crazy month already, so that's that's what's going on there. In that's any case, how it, yeah, that's right. Uh, and, and also, it's been crazy month, which is why David and I haven't sat down and done another other side of the gate episode. But we need to we need to figure that out. So yeah, David, if you're listening, 
he is. We need to figure this out. You will. Yeah. You got it. All right. You could you could you could do a podcast episode on the um plant and animal life of Stargate episodes. So let me pull up the wiki for Vancouver Flora. <laughs> Lots of pine trees. <laughs> <laughs> and no uh no big uh, uh I'll 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 let leak a little bit of uh some of the things that we talked about with our Stargate second chances uh on the Stargate movie. We were novel we, we were we were marveling in the lack of alien animal life forms that we see. That is a true statement. That. Indeed. Yeah. All yep. right. Well, Shall we dig into this episode, Cure? Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. So this episode is directed by Andy Makita. We've heard his name many times before. This is his first, however, of this season. He's got three total credits uh, this season in season six. Um, most of what he does with Stargate is like second unit directing and, and cameras and, and lighting and I don't remember all, all the backstage stuff. But, mm-hmm. but he does get to direct a few episodes every year. So we have Damien Kindler who does the teleplay for this episode. We heard his name a couple of weeks ago when we did The Other Guys. Mm-hmm. The Other Guys mm-hmm. was his first script and this is his second script. Gotcha. Very, very different than that first one. Yes, it is. We have a few guest actors to talk about. We have mm-hmm. Peter Stebbings, who plays Malik. We actually saw him last yep. week in yep. Allegiance. He returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, with him is Gwyneth Walsh, who plays Kelma. Or uh, when she dies, she gives her host up for Queen Egeria. So we have mm-hmm. Gwyneth. Uh, she was born in Winnipeg, Canada. Uh, she was raised in Vancouver, however, um, Her career began on stage, acting across both the U.S. and Canada. She did win a Dramalogue Award for playing Beatrice in William Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. Nice. Uh, I did not get a specific uh, year for that, but that's pretty cool. Uh, You will actually recognize her, Brent. Yeah. Because she plays Bator, sister of Lursa, sister of Duras, of the Duras house. In Star Trek: uh, Next Generation and DC9, yeah. didn't they, like they were they were com- they, those were common characters. Not common. We saw them several times in TNG, yeah. didn't we? Okay, well, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, they were okay. In, they were in multiple episodes of TNG throughout the second half of the series. They were in at least one, maybe two episodes of Deep Space Nine. Yeah, okay. and they were one of the main. Uh, antagonists in the movie Star Trek Generations way back in 1994. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so when um, uh, when Gwyneth was on the table at the end, like there was something about how her eyes were moving and the way that she was speaking that I'm like, man, this looks familiar. Ah. Boy, this looks familiar. Mm-hmm. And now that makes a lot of sense because I, th- th- that would be the parts of her acting style that I would have, re- that I would have recalled when yeah. she's underneath Klingon makeup. Yep. Cause <laughs> Lord knows she wasn't good. She didn't have her normal teeth. <laughs> that is a true statement. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1998, Gwyneth began another role she is also well-remembered for, which is Dr. Patricia Da Vinci, uh, which is the city of Vancouver coroner's pathologist, ex-wife of the title character Dominic Da Vinci in the award-winning TV show Da Vinci's Inquest. Aha. Okay. So that's also her 
bread and butter. Her very first IMDb credit comes in 1983 in the TV movie Pajama Tops, where she plays Claudine, the Chauvinette's sexy maid. <laughs> I'm glad to see that she had a bit more of a, I don't know, it's hard to call it serious role. It is more serious today, but uh, regal. There you Impactful. go. Impactful. There you go. Yeah. All right. So we have Malcolm Stewart. He plays Dolan. This is sort of the uh, leader of the Pangarins. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, he, um, this is actually, oh, so I'm going to read this because this is actually a mini biography on IMDb written by Malcolm Stewart on June 14, 2021. Ooh, very recent. So just like a month ago. Yeah. He says, After graduating from the University of Vermont and attending Columbia University Graduate School in New York, Malcolm Stewart made his Broadway debut in Dracula with Frank Langella. Other Broadway shows include Bedroom Farce and Torch Song Trilogy. He has performed at numerous theaters across America, including the prestigious Williamstown Theater Festival, Baltimore Center Stage, the American Stage Festival, and Portland Stage. He is a licensed pilot and a proud father of a summa cum laude graduate, an economics and medical student. In 2009, he was the only actor featured in three films at the 2009 Sundance Film Festival. Moon, with Sam Rockwell, Mm -hmm. Grace, a psychological thriller, and Helen, with Ashley Judd. In 2018, he was busy filming the Netflix show A Series of Unfortunate Events and then went on to play Francis DuPont in Riverdale. He is currently enjoying playing Dennis Peck in Hallmark's Chesapeake Shores. He is married to Dr. Thekla uh, Schiffforst, the director of the School of Interactive Arts and Technology at Simon Fraser University. They live on the water in, on Bowen Island, British Columbia. Very nice. So his, I, uh, I recognized him and I was like, I, I know I've seen him in something. Turns out it was moon. That's where I recognized. Uh, him. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. His mother, Barbara McCallie played an extra in gone with the wind. Oh, Hey, that's fun. Yeah. Now his first IMDB credit came. Um, huh. I'm pretty certain that that was from last week. Never mind. I don't have his information for his first credit. Cause that's not it. <laughs> Well, okay, then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on. Moving along. (laughs) Uh, Hey, hey, it's all right. You know, it would be one thing if we, like, took money for this show, but we don't. So, you know. Oh, yeah, you know. know, They they expect a professional (laughs) podcast. What they get is a couple of goofballs. Hey, you get what you pay for. (laughs) (sighs) All right, let's move on. We have Alison Hosick, who plays Zena Valk. Mm -hmm. Alison was born in 1965 in Steinbach, Manitoba, Canada. She's an actress known for Stargate Atlantis and Stargate SG-1. Uh, We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, She was also in R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour and... Another World, 
the soap Ooh. opera. So from 1989 to 1992, she played Olivia Matthews on Another World. Mm-hmm. And that was, according to IMDb, her first credit. Very good. Now, as I mentioned, we will actually see uh, Allison again, not Zena. We haven't, we've mm-hmm. seen the last of Zena. Sorry. Uh, but we will see Allison again on an episode of Stargate Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an interesting little tidbit in both that episode of Atlantis and this episode of SG-1, she plays a scientist who is working with a potentially dangerous medicine and develops something of an attraction to one of the main characters. Okay, looking forward to that. As I recall... <laughs> well, she wasn't... She, in this episode, she wasn't dealing with the medicine. She was an archaeologist. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, this is a trivia that I find online, and so I just read yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you yes, know. Yes. All right. So, we have also Daryl Shuttleworth. Uh, that may be a name that you recognize. Uh, he currently mm-hmm. plays, in this episode, Commander Tagar. Mm-hmm. We've actually seen Daryl before because he played Commander Rygar... In the episode New Ground. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, friends, I'm going to give you a tiny spoiler about where I'm going to go. Uh, Zach, it didn't help any that they couldn't come up with something even remotely. They changed one syllable. One. Yeah. They could have. Yeah. They. I get it. It was written like that. They gave him that name in the script. Fine. They could have just as easily taken two darts, thrown it at a newspaper, and then said those two syllables to come up with a different name. You know, in in fairness to, uh, in this case, um, Damien Kindler, he was not on staff when Newground came out. It's fine-ish. It's fine. I'm just saying. All right. Like I said, it's a spoiler of where I'm going to go. All right, and we also have Terrell Rothery, who does make an appearance as Dr. Frazier. Yes. Okay. Good old Dr. Frazier. Now, the original air date for Cure was August 16, 2002. Number one on the charts was still Nelly, but it's Nelly's Dilemma featuring oh. Kelly Rowland. I see. Not hot. So it's no longer hot. It's, there's, so what happened is it was hot for so long, yeah. things began to melt, and it became a dilemma. Uh-huh. See, I'm going to go a different direction. Oh, okay. He was he was so adamant that people take off their clothes that now he's in a dilemma. Oh. Yep. 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 yep that works yep. too. Yep. 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 Um, and in the UK, they were still colorblind by Darius. Oh, look at that. Okay. There you go. All right. So go Darius. Be in color. Go Darius. <laughs> uh Wow. Okay, so in the box office for this weekend, we have number one, Triple X. Number uh-huh. two, Signs. Uh, uh-huh. Those are the uh, same one and two from last week. Yeah. But we have a brand new movie this week, Blue Crush. Not Red Crush, not Orange, not Green. It was Blue. I like Orange Crush. Well, that may be, but this was the Blue Crush. I also like the song Orange Crush. Well, that may be, but this is the Blue Crush. I don't think I have a third Orange Crush reference. Did you crush it? That may be, but this is Blue Crush. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, carry on. Keep going. Number four was Spy Kids 2, Island of Lost Dreams. And rounding out the top five was Austin Powers in Gold Member. (laughs) 
gold member. Yep. There we go. What was happening around this time? Well, on August 16th, uh, the Africa Women's Peace Train leaves Kampala for Johannesburg. African Women's Peace Train. Oh, I uh, okay. I, uh, okay. Never mind. I, I, I'm like sitting there like, okay, a train left. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not about the train, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's about people who are moving towards peace or, or moving yes. for peace. <laughs> African Women Peace Train. Yeah, like there's a, there's a big deal. Okay. Uh, now, now, they may have actually had a train. I don't know. Yes, of course. You know, yes. But... But that's not, yes, yeah, no, one yeah. another train. Now, on. <laughs> uh, it's one of those days. It's uh, one of those days. All right. So on August 16. No, not 16. We did that. On August 18. Two days later, there are a couple of golf tournaments. One is the PGA Championship Men's Golf Tournament at Hazleton National Golf Course. American Rich Beam wins his very first major title by just one stroke over Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Also on the 18th, there was the Canadian Open Women's Golf t- court Tournament at Summerlee Golf Course, and Meg Mallon wins by three strokes from Michelle Ellis. Um, there you go. Uh, she also yep. beats Rosie Jones, Catriona Matthew, and Michelle Redmond. So apparently ah. there's a lot of ties. I guess. Got it. And then not one day... What was that? Not for first place. There was no tie for first. Oh, no, not, not, not for first, but for second. Nope. So, uh, as, as somebody once said, second is first loser. Which, second is first loser. Which I actually don't think is fair. It's not a good way of talking about things. But in no, any case... totally not. It's, right. and that, it, it's, it's, that's why it's hilarious to keep repeating, because it's like, you're like, you know, hey, everybody, if you didn't come in first place, you might as well just stop. If if our society literally worked like that, we would we would get nothing done at all because someone would have a really good idea and the rest everybody else would be like, well then do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yep, that, that's that's kind of how that would work. <sighs> all right, so we have one more. What's happening on this day on oh, August nineteen? Yeah, uh huh. A Russian Mi twenty six helicopter carrying troops is hit by a Chechen missile outside Grozny. Killing 118 soldiers. Ouch. There was 118 soldiers inside that tr- helicopter? It must have been a very large helicopter. Wow. I didn't know they could do that. Well, now you do. Maybe it fell into soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's morbid. I mean, it's morbid either way. Oh, Got fair 118 enough. dead people. So, um, this episode, I yeah. have a trivia bit. Ah, yes. Um, so we meet Ajiria for the first time in this episode. She is the mother of all Tokra. However, yes. this was not the first time that her name was mentioned. In mm-hmm. the episode Crossroads, way back, remember Anise and Freya? Uh, you know, uh, Baywatch uh, Tokra? Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the character names, but I do remember Baywatch Tokra. Yep. Okay. All right. I'm back. Anyway, she makes mention that Ajiria is the mother of all the Tok'ra and that she had died. And now we find out that she hadn't died, but now she's dead. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't die, but then she is dead. So, you know, yeah, um, that's literally what you just said. Yes. 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 Yeah. So yes. Um, also in this episode, when Colonel O'Neill first encounters the little bottle of Tritonin, one of the thoughts that he could have said was, we already have grape Kool-Aid. 
but they decided to not go with that. Instead, he uh, said, uh, what is it in French? And since yeah. my French is awful, I'm not even going to try. That's qu'est-ce que isn't it? Sure. But, but my point is that I can't speak French. I can't oh. pronounce French. Oh, I right? see. I my, see. Like, when I was singing in college French songs, and in high yeah. school, frankly, I'd yeah. be like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My French is terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. I did notice that uh, that Jack O'Neill apparently can speak French. Well, he knows a few. I, I do know je ne sais quoi. I can yeah. say that. Yeah. I don't know what it means. It means I don't know. Uh, I don't know. All right. So we have a quote from <laughs> Joseph Malazzi. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ah, ah. He says, the thing that drove me nuts about this episode was the big Ajiria reveal near the episode's end that comes about as a result of Jonas finally and conveniently coming across the text in the underground chamber. Whenever I watched this, that scene on the dailies, all I could think was, man, if you could have just started with that particular section instead of saving it for later, things would have gone a whole lot differently. That, yeah. So. I've got a lot to say about this episode. I am looking forward to hearing what you mm-hmm. have to say. Now, <laughs> this episode in English is entitled Cure. Yes. And the Russians, the Germans, the Czechs, and the Spanish all follow suit with Cure. Mm-hmm. The Hungarians and the Italians add a definite article on top of that uh, yeah, okay. and say the cure, which mm-hmm. probably confuses people in those areas because they were now expecting the rock band. Robert Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but exactly. they got Egeria. They got Egeria. Mm-hmm. Now, the French go a slightly different direction and they call it the queen. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And they had to add the definite article there, the queen, because if they just said queen, then Then everybody would have been talking about Freddie Mercury. Yeah, right. You know, so. Yep. All right. That is what I have for trivia. No, 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 no. You skipped a language. I'm not looking at the notes. I don't know if it's there, but you didn't tell me. Did you say German? I did. German is Heiligung, which is cure. Oh, dang it. Okay. I said that earlier. I said you probably the Spanish, did. the Czech, the Germans, and the Russians. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was expecting, though. And the Germans call it too much story in 43 minutes. Oh, wait, that's me. Oh, that's what Brent calls away. this episode. Oh, shoot. Oh, sorry. I spoiled it. Okay. Anyway, All right. Carrying on. All right. So, Brent. Yes. Um, there was a certain member of this podcast that was super duper busy over the last long time. Yes. And so that particular member asked another member of this podcast if uh-huh. he could do the synopsis instead of the first guy. Yes. Yes. And that other guy said that he would do the first part uh-huh. the, the, right. the synopsis. And so with that, would that other guy please do the synopsis? Yes. Yes. Gladly. Okay. Uh, with one very important thing to say before we get going. Okay. Uh, person the first said to person the second, can you do the synopsis? So person the second said, yes, I absolutely will. And then person the second watches the episode and decides that it would probably be pretty good, a good idea for person the second to give as much of a Cliff's Note version as he could come up with. 
person the second then takes a look at the show notes and person the first had already posted a copy of somebody's wiki synopsis and person the second read through that and said, it's perfect. So I totally cheated. And instead of writing an actual like well done synopsis that Zach usually does, and even I would do in normal circumstances, I chose to do the lazy thing. And now I owe Zach a beer. Uh, I like beer. Yes. And I owe him one. Are you ready to get into it? Let's do this. Okay, here's the synopsis for Cure. All right. On the planet Pangar, Pangar or Panjar? Pangar. Pangar. On the planet Pangar, several people stand in front of a stargate. They talk about the visitors who will arrive soon. The leader expects an excellent and savvy negotiator. They may have more advanced technology than theirs. When the stargate activates, <gasps> SG-1 comes through. Ha <gasps> ha. Oh. The team is led into the city where they talk with the representatives of Pangar about diplomatic negotiations. The Pangarans show also show them their greatest invention, Tretonin, a drug which gives them perfect health. At the ruins with the Stargate, Jonas Quinn and Teal'c meet Xenavalk, with whom they talk about the Stargate. In the city, Colonel Jack O'Neill and Major Samantha Carter continue their negotiations about the Stargate and the Tretonin. However, when they give the Pangarans ten addresses to peaceful worlds, the Pangarans instead want the addresses to visit worlds which are under Gould control. Back at the ruins, Jonas and Teal'c are led into an underground chamber where they find out more about the Gould, who once ruled the planet. Zena also wants to tell them something about the Tritonin, but when Jonas later confronts her, she doesn't want to talk. Because of this, Jonas sneaks into her tent and searches through some material where he finds a map of the city. At night, Jonas and Teal'c sneak into a large facility where they find a basin full of Gould symbiotes. They are discovered, and during a fight, Jonas and a guard fall into the basin. While Jonas is rescued by Teal'c, the guard is taken by a Gul'uld. The next day, the leader of the Pangarans informs SG-1 that the symbiotes are used to produce Tritonin. When SG-1 wants to know where the Pangarans got all the symbiotes, despite not knowing how to travel through the gate, they show a Gul'uld queen. Then they talk about the infected man, who shows an unusual behavior for a host, and no SG-1, and so SG-1 decides to call the Tok'ra. Jonas later talks with Zena. They admit faults. In the facility, two Tok'ra, Malak and Kelma, examine the infected man, and later the queen. It turns out that the queen will die soon. However, the symbiote inside the guard has none of the knowledge that the queen is supposed to pass on. Dr. Janet Fraser later informs SG-1 that the Tritonin destroys the immune system of the user, so the user becomes dependent on it. The Pankarans later tell them that they found the queen 60 years ago, and because of their research, they finally developed the Tritonin. However, they have no method to reverse the effects of the Tritonin. In the underground chamber, Jonas, Teal'c, and Zena do more research where they find out that, that Ra once lived on the planet. It also turns out that the queen is in fact Algeria, the mother of Altokra, who was defeated by Ra and imprisoned here. They talk with their teammates about their research and then inform the Tok'ra about it. However, the Tok'ra tell SG-1 that they are not able to easily find an antidote because there is something strange about the symbiotes. When the Pangerans refuse to set Algeria free, Kelma shoots the guard outside Algeria's room and with, with a Zetniknel and enters. She sacrifices herself, leaving her host, so that Algeria can enter her and be free. O'Neill later talks with Carter about what will happen now, when Algeria awakes. She tells them that she will die soon, but, is, but she is happy to tell her... She tells them that she will die soon, but she is happy about her, how her children have turned out. Jonas, in the meantime, talks with Zena about his people and how they built a Naquadria bomb. 
Algeria reveals that... This is hard to keep going. Almost done. Okay, here we go. You got this. You got this. Algeria reveals that she passed on a flawed gene so her children to her children so that they would stop producing tetronin. She also knows about how to find an antidote, which will be her final act. Because of this, the Panjarans apologize to her. Later, the dead Algeria is brought away, and the Panjarans, Pangarans hope that there will be further negotiations. The episode ends with Carter dialing out. The end. The end. So, Brent. Uh huh. I am sitting here with bated breath. Oh, yeah. Wanting to know your thoughts uh-huh. on this episode. All right, here we go. So, here we go. Here we go. hit me up. This episode was a, this episode was bad. This was a train wreck of an episode. This was a terrible episode. Here's why. This story was seriously good. Seriously good. This was a really interesting story. They popped a few really good questions in here and they did not give the, they didn't give it a second to develop properly. They didn't allow any natural like tension to really bubble and brew. They didn't give the questions any kind of timeline to really get into it at all. It was it was it was just fact 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 end like there was there was it was there was so much in here that they could have done something well they, they, i think that this should have probably been three different episodes for real this storyline was super interesting the moral dilemma question about how you know, towards the end um which group do you back when two groups have a valid uh, claim on survival, but their uh, claim on survival seemingly is at mutual opposition with each other. Like, how do you rectify that situation? Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, you know, how does Earth engage with a new civilization, which is very, very, very similar to Earth and and in goodwill wants to be uh, engaging in normal bilateral conversation and expects some kind of reciprocity in, in return. We've seen pieces of that before, but in those previous stories, there always seems to be some like gotcha or some bad guy or something about it that kind of spoils the fun. And in this one, it felt like there was a lot of work being put into trying to establish that the Pangarans were just, just normal people. Like they, they, they are interested in their own survival. They're interested in their own advancement. They're interested in the nation state is interested in its own interests as any nation state would be. Um, and so there's a lot of normalcy there. Uh, and watching how that engagement with Earth takes place in the form of SG One, like that, that that was a kind of an interesting thing to be to be going into. Mm-hmm. The whole mm-hmm. notion of Algeria in the first place, and her imprisonment on this planet, and how that came to be, and uh, what it means to the Toker that she's been found. Um, that's an extremely interesting idea. Like. That was uh, that would be a wonderful story to be examining more deeply. Um, imagine just how mira- I mean, they say it was miraculous, and imagine how much how impactful it would be for the queen of the Tokra to return to her people. And pretty importantly, Zach, would that necessarily be a good thing? And mm. would would there be frictions and would there be developments that that wouldn't necessarily be like the best straight up? There might be some really interesting power dynamics that suddenly happen in there. Um, the invention of a uh, quasi-miraculous drug 
that has a it has a really powerful side effect, uh, negative side effect. Um, just going through that that question, which was kind of similar to the question that we examined in the light, more or less. But like, this is take a different spin on it. Like, what do you do when you found a technology that is absolutely wonderful, except for one thing, which is absolutely terrible? Mm-hmm. Is it still worth it? Um, the examination of the question of uh, how privilege interacts with uh, the society of that one. Twenty percent of the people are taking this particular drug, and one of the guest actors is in that is in that privileged few. A privilege which can be revoked, and how that interacts with the society, how people engage with that, the 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 sort of the moral and ethical questions that can come that can get developed with that. Um, we had some kind of interesting moments where Jonas surprised me a little bit by rifling through her papers and the conversation afterwards probably should have been a bit weightier than it was, but you know, like there was a little bit of like a, Hey, wait a minute. Are we willing to uh, sub uh, like, are we willing to go cut around corners again? SG one has demonstrated it's willing to cut corners um, to, to keep <laughs> advancing their, their own aims. Um, there was a, so uh, was there anything else that was brought up in this episode that I was like, that's a good question. That's a good question. That's a good question. Now, here's the thing, though, Zach. I listed, what, six ideas? S- something just like now? that, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Not a single one of them was dealt right. Not one. Every single one of those questions was glossed really quickly and then moved along. The most egregious of them was that the Tok'ra have found their leader, which they genetically remember because that's a thing about Gua'ulds. It's not like some mythical person in a history book. It's their mom. They (laughs) found their mom and she's dead. And we put her through the, it's done. That's over and done. That was like six minutes of the episode. Like, The question of who do you back when both groups have a legitimate claim on survival, but it seems like the very question on the table puts them at odds, should have developed a heck of a lot more tension between the Tok'ra and the Pangarans. But we got a bunch of Pangarans that are like, so wooden, they're like, we must insist that we have a right to this thing, but we completely understand why you might want to do something differently. But we will continue to persist on our thing. And, And it resolved... It resolved, but it resolved really fast. And then, like, what was up with that conversation between Zena and Jonas? Jonas freaking breaks into her tent, rifles through her stuff, and she's all like, yeah, I saw you do it. Looks like we're off to the bad foot. Smile. <laughs> what? There should have been a lot more tension in that moment. But I think what I saw was a story that couldn't tell all of this stuff. And so they had to push it down, push it down, push it down. It got compressed so far that it was a summary of a really, I felt like I was watching a Cliff's note iteration of what should have been a two hour movie. Like I felt like I was reading like reader's digest of Moby Dick or something. Like there was a lot of really good questions that were around this episode. And I really wanted to talk about them. I wanted to explore them. I wanted to see what the SG one team would do on each of those questions. I wanted to see how the Toker would respond on some of these things. I wanted to see this new race of people that we just met, the Pengarans, because we started the episode from their point of view. Wouldn't it be cool to kind of have a story from the other side of the, of the gate on this one? Hey, see, did you like that? Your own podcast. I see it. I see right? it. But we didn't. 
it was just it was just 43 minutes of like let's get through this thing as fast as possible i mean i felt so disappointed by the time i got done with it because i didn't there wasn't there i wanted so much more of the story and i got nothing i mean i got a lot i I, and that's why i'm i'm bagging on it because there's a lot here there is a ton here and we went slamming through it so fast i mean like What's up with that genetic marker that got dropped out of the Gould? That seems like an amazing advantage to uh to to SG to to the SGC. Granted, it's outside of our grasp right now. It's outside of the Toker's grasp right now. But imagine introducing that into uh into the into into our into our Nemesis Gould. Uh, that might be ethically just abhorrent, but my goodness, talk about a powerful weapon. Mm. If you could like just just cut off the genetic memory of future Gould. Oh my gosh. Holy cow. Can you imagine? Oh, but no, we didn't get to talk about any of that. We just got it. And you know what? I think it actually might be exemplified in that scene when Jonas falls into the tank because the way they cut that one was stupid. Um, uh, Teal gets into a fist fight and you see about a half a second of Jonas kind of looking like, what? And then he ends up like, what did he, I can't remember how he fell in. Oh, guess he got tackled by somebody and they fall over the rail. Yeah. Like, but like he turns and the guard comes at him from the direction he was literally just facing. He gets tackled and into the tank they go. The the dim wittedness of that moment was just bizarre, not fitting the character. And it felt like a decent metaphor of this episode, a, a, a moment which should have been real sharp and real great. And like there's a lot here. The potential is so high gets taken out from his not blind side <laughs> and falls into a tank of ghoul. Like, ugh. this thing has so much potential, Zach. I'm so disappointed. I'm not even kidding. Oh, I am wow. so disappointed. But there you go. There, There's my reaction to this thing. I, I don't know where I'm going to go with this rating. It's probably not going to be good, but it's because I'm looking at this like, no, no. T- Tell me about that and that and that and this other thing and this thing over here and do it slow this time. (laughs) It's okay. Spend three episodes on it. These are worthy episodes. Go ahead and examine these questions. But they didn't. They just they just zipped right along. So, okay, All right. There's my rant. What about you? What do you think about this episode? So I hear what you're saying. And I agree that this episode is at one point in time. Uh, speedy, and then it just kind of flies through a lot of these questions. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the questions that I don't think that you mentioned, maybe you did, uh, but I've always thought about, is that uh, the Tok'ra walk in, and they're like, oh, look at that. They're abusing this old queen. I don't find it morally objectionable. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they're like, it's my queen. What the heck are you doing? You've been mm. torturing her for 60 mm-hmm. years. And mm-hmm. I'm like, either it's morally objectionable or it's not. Right. Which is actually more a, a picture of, of, of the Tok'ra. And actually, it's, it's also a self-reflection of us because we, as humans, tend to do that too. We don't mm-hmm. really care what you do if it's to our enemy, but if it's to one of our buddies or our part of our tribe, then all of a sudden we get into, you know, a tiff. We, we get yep. all pissed off about it. Yep. Um, and that I find, uh, I find that process to be morally objectionable, even when it's pointed out in myself. 
um, if something is wrong to do to my best friend, then that mm-hmm. means it's wrong to do even to my enemy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that that's just, that's how that works. That That's just yeah. it. And, and we didn't examine that question. And we didn't here. examine that question. Um, but uh, so it, it does kind of speed through these questions. And yet it's also a very slow episode. Which is we Yes. Agreed. Stick. I, I want to come back to that notion. I'll let you keep going, though. Okay. So, I mean, it's just an episode that just kind of it, it, it puts itself into second gear, gets up to about 25, 30 miles an hour. <laughs> and it just, you know, I mean, to, to be fair, it, it, it keeps going. You know, I mean, it doesn't slow down. You know, it, nope. it speeds up a little bit here and there. And but, you know, by speed up, I mean, it gets up to 35 Mm-hmm. You know, thirty-seven miles an hour, maybe, and then and then you know it ratchets it back down, and it just kind of comes like this, and then it's like we're done. Yep, we're done. Uh, I mean, th- that's that's kind of what I feel about this episode. Um, there, I love the world building of this yes. episode. Yes, this episode does a lot of world building for SG One and and the, the series. I mean, a uh, we've seen a few uh, cultures that are uh, on par-ish with uh, Earth, but not many. Um, mm-hmm. And now in this season, basically, I'll count Jonas, which is technically at the very end of season five. Uh, we've seen two, right? Yep. Um, and maybe we've seen some more. I can't recall. I don't think so. I think it's just the two right now. Um and so, you know, we're, we are, our knowledge of the galaxy is growing and we are now seeing people who are outside the immediate influence of the Gould, uh, even though they have connections to the Gould in some way, mm-hmm. you know, obviously like Pangara. Um, and it's just fascinating to see the world develop like this. You know, I mean, we, we have another culture which, um, you know, has the they're not evil they're not bad they're 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 just like we are they have good things and bad things about them and and they have people they've got issues they've got uh you know class issues going on mm-hmm. um uh you know and all of that stuff uh so you know they've got archaeologists and they've got bureaucrats and military guys and mm-hmm. you know they've got a the the fact that they have the scientific technology to be able to grind up Gould and turn it into Tritonin is, you know, means that they're at least on par with us, at least 20th century technology, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, you know, I love the world building. The idea of Tritonin is absolutely fascinating. You mentioned mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the I like the idea that we learn more about Egeria, even if it is... Uh, introduced and then cut off really quickly, um, mm-hmm. which on some level makes uh, a, a certain amount of necessary sense because mm-hmm. if the Tokra all of a sudden had uh, an influx of new members through Ageria, yes. Uh, now, admittedly, and you you highlighted this, you, you inferred this at least, is that uh, it would create a significant uh, question to ask: How do the old Tokra and the new Tokra? who, you know, the, the new Chokra have the genetic memory of everything Egeria has, 
And Ajiria now has a little bit of experience through Kelma and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but uh, they don't have the last two or three thousand years of experience mm-hmm. that the Tok'ra have gone through. So that makes an interesting thing there. However, at the same time, right now, SG-1, the TV series, has been focusing on uh, our heroes, and one of the ways that they've been doing that is making our allies externally... Um, uh, challenged, you know, in, in a lot of ways. And one of the ways they've done that with the Guo, with the, the Tok'ra, is radically reduce their numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this would be a radical departure from that. Um, uh, yeah, stick a pin in that one too. I can't remember what my first pin was. Oh, the pace, slow pace. Slow pace. Pin, pin number two is, um, you know, what would happen if there was a whole bunch of new Tok'ra? Yeah. So, um, I mean, that. The the idea, and also, frankly, it's introduced at the very beginning, as soon as we meet Egeria, before we even know who she is, we know that she is very, very sick and dying. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that she dies at the end doesn't bother me per se. Uh, it is sad. Um, but I also find the the Tok'ra in this episode, they're all like, no, I'm mad. I'm mad, 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 mad. Okay, now I'm done. I mean, so, so like, the, the emotional quality of the Tok'ra went from, I'm fine with it, and now the director tells me I'm supposed to be mad, so I'm going to be mad here. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and now we resolve, so I don't have to be mad anymore. Um, and, and I know that these are good actors, so I mean, it's not like they're acting badly. It's just that the story doesn't move them to a place of being mad. They just kind of, like go from a place of not being mad to boom. Now the story dictates that they're supposed to be mad. And it's understandable why they would be mad in this situation. But um, we don't see that development. And it just kind of... No. It it just kind of... So that's something that that, that I get frustrated with this episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's a world-building episode. And Mm -hmm. I like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, then there were a few times I was noticing this time that there were some lighting issues here and there that I felt were odd. There are some times uh, where they kind of the, had like some some weird color changes. Oh yeah, to the lighting. That, yeah, that blue filter thing. Yeah, and I I'm like they were trying to be all like, you know, night nighttime on this planet is purple. I'm like, "What?" Yeah, I didn't care. I mean, uh, I I saw that too and I and I just didn't care for it and it didn't even matter. Add that to the list. Now that one is so trivial as to not really matter, but like this episode is full of things that don't that that should matter and and all right. Can I go? You can go. All right. Cuz I got two pins and then I got a, okay. Pin number 1. Okay. Slow pace. You're right. The pace was really, really slow. I see that as an artifact of not being able to let any one thing take root. Not really. So as a result, it doesn't really feel like it builds any momentum. We talk about this. 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 It was like a lecture. You sit down and you get thing, 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 thing. Take your notes. Learn the stuff. Okay. See you later. Like there was nothing about it that was storytelling. We technically had a beginning, middle, and end because that's how time works. But I don't think that we had much in the form of beginning, middle, and end on any one of these story threads. We had a little bit of a beginning. We had an end. No middle. Like, these were not compelling stories. And so that's where, okay, thing number two was, uh, so slow pace. What was thing number two? Um, oh, people are yelling. Another yeah. Was, was, was this have to do with the, uh, the Tok'ra? 
Or did oh, yes. Have- new Tokra. Influx of new Tokra. Um, Zach, you are 100% right. What would have happened if there would have been a... Bu- yes, you are correct. The story has been angling at a redefinition of allies. And one of the redefinitions was this powerful but kind of aloof group of people is suddenly not as powerful anymore. How does the Earth... How does Earth... Uh, adjust to that and if you brought in a real heavy wrinkle of the tokra have found a queen you better believe that would have had ignited that storyline as if it were magnesium it would have been so intense so intense you are a hundred percent right it would have been very very shattering to that line of thinking now what you were saying is the story writers are trying to bring us over there you know where there is i don't but over there there aren't a lot of talk or maybe there are but you know what i'm saying like there, there's a spot over there that we're trying to go to and a queen doesn't fit into that arc and i believe you and i trust i, I really do trust the process um i'm i'm lit up right now because what i think i see is not somebody trying to make something out of nothing, which is frustrating in its own right, but at least I will give some some passes to good effort and uh, clever ways of making making something entertainment out of really not much. This one felt like a story which was too which which was too big. Like the story was written, it was too big. And instead of saying, man, this thing is gold. There's so many really, really good ideas in here. This thing actually needs to be like seed potatoes. We got to cut this thing up and make 15 different episodes out of this thing because there's <laughs> so much in here, but we're not going to try to do like this in one story. That's silly. They took a brilliant pile of stories, Zach, and then they just decided to try to jam it into one thing. Like that's almost like it's bordering on sinful for me for this stuff because we didn't what doesn't happen is that there is not a camera that gets plopped down on a planet called Pangera or wherever that place was. And this wasn't journalism, Zach. This is storytelling. They had a choice about how they were to tell story and they chose to take a brilliant idea and tell a crummy story. What? (laughs) You could have done 15 different things. And you chose to tell a crummy story? Like, dude, friends, do not be fooled. I bet you a box of donuts that this thing has a middling score on IMDb. I bet you it's a 5 out of 10. And people think it's average because it does a good job world building. And Zach, I'm going to step on your toes a little bit and you know, give, give me a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I'm sorry that this might cut a little close to the bone. They think it's good world building and they think it's good acting and they think that they like seeing their heroes and they think that there's a lot of stuff in here. But what they are missing is that in the treatment of those good things, you've actually created a toxic pile of poo that is actually not worth the time anymore. And that's the tragedy because there's a lot of information here. This is not a skippable episode at all, but I'm damning you to watch 43 minutes of bad television because there's a lot of good stuff in here. And that doesn't feel good, right? Like, (laughs) and that's why I'm so lit up about this episode. It's like, this was a good one and they did a poor job with it. And oh, they know better. They do better. I've seen better. I've seen them pull stuff out of nothing before. And this is a gold mine. Oh, so mad. I'm so mad. 
So, All right. So what I'm hearing is you're a little bit frustrated. Uh, yes. And that pause was not to be like gimmicky in the radio way of like, of course I'm frustrated, but more like, no, no, actually, Zach, I think that's the perfect word. Like, not the colloquial way that we'll throw frustrated around. No, I mean like, oh, no, no, no. That's the right emotion. There was a lot here. There was a lot here. And I so wanted to talk about that stuff in, in the form of the television show, right? I so wanted the TV show to be, to, to be talking about this stuff. Oh, so much stuff. Oh, can you imagine that Toker storyline? Can you imagine? Fascinating. That, eight yeah, episodes yeah. of the Tokra um, suddenly, like, like the fanaticized Tokra, the factions that would have developed. Oh, it would have been so good. Oh, the, the possible interplay of the ghoul trying to take advantage of those factions within the Tokra, the effort for the SGC to keep the Tokra together. Oh, we would have had a field day. We would have had a field day. Uh, anyway. All right. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I think I have said my piece do you have any more so, responses so responding to me being like captain animated here so i guess when in my final uh, analysis of this episode i would say that this episode does a tremendous job of asking some really deep questions yes um and couching it within the narrative of the world that SG1 the television series is building. Mhm. Um and what I'm hearing from you and I think this is a fair critique of this episode is that while they introduce these deep heady uh, uh philosophical questions, uh sociological questions, psychological mm-hmm. questions, mm-hmm. Uh, they introduce them and they don't address them. And I think even worse yet, they then wrap them up in their way. Not, not in a good way. I'm not going to say that they actually come to any conclusions. I'm just acknowledging they start them, they stop them, but they don't do anything in the middle with them. So I, I would, I would um, I'd push back on that a little bit. And mm-hmm. in that um, while listening to the commentary, um, some of these questions were ones that were uh, interestingly talked about and, and like, were like, you know, they, they were intentionally kind of played into it, uh, that the, the, they intentionally wrote those questions in type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't think, I, I don't know who is responsible. I don't know if this is Damien or whether this is the executive producers uh, or if this is the writer's room or whatnot. Um, but uh, the space was not given to actually explore them. So they just simply state them, they lay them out there, and they say, that's it. So it's not even, I don't even think that they give an end to it. Uh, I mean, oh, the, yeah, the, okay. the, right. the moral I mean, question fine. about Ajiria, uh, you know, and, you know, who has oh, yeah. rights yeah, that's a good one. to her yeah. uh, ends because she dies. Nobody yeah, conveniently. Gets her. Well, I mean, we all knew that she was going to die anyway. She doesn't have to. It's a story, Zach. You can write anything you want. That's why I'm mad. <laughs> I feel like I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm. I'm criticizing uh, Star Wars episodes one, two, and three. Like it's that, uh, uh, which 
I think I am on record as saying I have no right because I didn't write the thing, right? Like, it's not my show. So I'm going to reflect on myself a little bit and say, Brent, you shouldn't be this mad about a TV show. Brent, I hear you. I probably should think about that one for a second. But I get what you're saying, Zach. I get it. They said at the beginning she's she's sickly and dying. But like I said, it's not journalism. They could have gone to the end and be like, you know what? It probably, you know what? What, what if what if she what if she lives? Well, then we got to rewrite that front scene. Okay, you go back and you rewrite it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay, well, instead of her being like super sickly, let's have some other reason why she's incapacitated. I don't know what they figured out a way to like, you know, put sedative in the water. I don't I know. I mean, honestly, the the. Uh the the quick and dirty way of solving that problem, if you were going to go that route, is Egeria uh, enters into uh, Kelma's host, and it is clear that not that entire giant bulbous creature enters. Something else, you know, is left yes. behind. Yes, um, and it is possible. Then you, it is possible that one could have said um, within the context of that. Uh, she is healable at that she, point in time. A hundred percent. You could write it like this because she is not in a host. She is dying that, 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 that they have found a way to sustain her life to a, to a degree, but it's not the same. And since she is being denied the ability to blend with somebody, she is dying. And therefore you've just written yourself a whole lot of runway to put her into a body. She's no longer dying. Hooray! And it makes sense still. It's still okay. It's still, I mean, it still you, works. you could even be simpler than that and just mm-hmm. say now that she um, is in a body, um, they have healing devices. They don't have a sarcophagus, but they do yes! have healing devices. I mean, so certainly there are ways that you could write that. Um, they didn't. Um, yep. And, you know, honestly, the fact that while... I agree that it would be fascinating to go down that route of what would happen yes. to the Tok'ra if Ajiria were alive and were able to repopulate the ranks of the Tok'ra. That mm-hmm. sounds like an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am also okay with the story of, gosh, we just found the person who could save us, and now uh, she's dead. And, you know, that hope has been torn away from us again, and now we have our own another a new existential crisis to deal with yeah yeah but this whole episode had an emotional resonance that did not go with despair it started neutral and it ended neutral I will, and we had things yeah. happen in the middle yep uh i mean i think for for me the single biggest problem with this episode is i was not engaged emotionally in this episode mm-hmm. um even from the very beginning as I was watching it, I saw, like, when, when uh, they're all getting anxious and waiting for the mm-hmm. savvy negotiators to come through, um, you know, some of that was just a little bit stiff, but not too bad. I mean, I could, yeah. I could see that. And then uh, uh, SG-1 walks in, and uh, RDA has the biggest, goofiest grin yes. on his yes. face. Yes. Uh, that he's playing that moment for the laugh. Um, but it, I didn't find that funny. And I think... So, I mean, like... I'm the, trying to think about it. I mean, I think maybe Teal Cat a line or two. I'm trying to think, was there any part in this episode which was supposed to be a joke? And I don't think I can think of one. 
And that's okay. That's great. Fine. This is not an episode that's supposed to be funny. Fine. Is this an episode that's supposed to be uh, thoughtful? Well, I think that they should have gone that route. Is this an episode that's supposed to be exciting? Is this supposed to be an episode that's supposed to be despairing? Is this one that's supposed to tug at our heartstrings, right? What is the singular story? Why is this and, story being told? Yes. And if, uh, if there is a beautiful way to have a singular story with multiple chords be woven together to tell it something, you got your happy part and your sad part and your introspective part, and it comes together in a blah part, whatever blah is, that's brilliant. That's beautiful storytelling. If you can feel the overall tide of the story through the different A, B, and or C stories, and you still have that that cohesion from start to end, those are fantastic stories. Those are so good. But this one was just, like I mentioned, I mean, so the reason why I read that synopsis flat like that for the whole thing was because I felt like I was watching 43 minutes of fact, 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 fact. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. The actors did nothing to try to bring me along in the emotional aspect of it. It wasn't flashy, bangy, fun. It wasn't adventure, boom, boom. It was, it was, not, it was just nothing. Why? Why was it nothing? They could have done something. And then and that's why I'm like super animated because it wasn't, it wasn't that they did a poor job with nothing. <laughs> they did a poor job with some really cool stuff. <laughs> like, there was a lot of neato things in this episode. A lot of neato things. Anyway, all right. All right. Yeah. We yeah. need to pin this down, <laughs> and I'm curious how many chevrons you're going to give this episode. Oh, boy. Okay. We ready to do this? I'm ready. Okay. Um, I am not going to think a person irrational if they vote this episode to be middling. And I'm not even going to be finding it irrational if a person really likes this episode. Because they're bo- boy, oh boy, is there world building in this one. <laughs> There's a lot of world building in this one in a short amount of time. I'm looking at this thing. And for Brent, this was a trash pile. <laughs> this thing could have been great. This could have been great. And it wasn't. And they just, they, they just they, they, I don't even know what they did. They didn't do it right. And fine. I'm armchair quarterbacking. I'm backseat driving. I'm a person who doesn't make television for a living, telling people who make television for a living how to make television for a living. I get it. I acknowledge that. The words out of my mouth that come next are should not hold weight compared to other people, but yet I still can't give it anything better than a two out of seven Ooh, chevrons. Two. Two. Yowzer. They mistreated this material, and in mistreating the material, I think this was an abomination. They should have done better. They could have done better. They didn't do better. Hmm. Two out of seven for me. How about you? Well, I am not going to be quite that harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, I I hear what you're saying, and I can definitely see your argument. Um, I, I don't think um, I don't think it's quite that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I am actually going to give it a four. Yeah. Um it's just a little bit above middling. Um it it is a world it is an episode that can't be skipped. It's not an episode that is quite as painful to me as you have made it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> 
Zach, I think that was a perfect phrase. <laughs> I made this episode miserable for me. <laughs> they didn't do it. Nobody else did it. I did um, it to me. <laughs> you know, uh, I agree with you 100%. I think this episode is designed to be a thoughtful episode, uh, mm-hmm. an episode to make me you think about things, um, and yet they don't quite ever um, dig into anything other than here's a topic you can think about. Here's mm-hmm. another topic you can think about. Mm-hmm. What about this one? Try <laughs> that one. <laughs> one of these is a topic you're going to like to think about. And, and they're all great. And I would love to dig into them. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit saddened that we didn't get a chance to really dig into the sociological and philosophical questions mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. classism and of the moral ambiguity. Scientific advancement. Uh, yeah. You know, the, yeah, the, the, the whole idea of, and I think this is actually one of the questions that, that the writer wanted to address to some degree is, is the, the, you know, we, we tend to, as humans, uh, see something that, oh, that could work cool, and they start playing with it, and then they start giving mm-hmm. it to people, and mm-hmm. then they don't really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the fact, they're like, oh, okay, well, it did that. Now, how can I fix that? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of what we do as humans. Um, and that is oh. addressed in this, but it's not dug exactly. into. Yes? Do you know what else was brought up and then swiftly swept under the rug? Hmm. The impact of unintended consequences. Yeah. Like that was at the end. That was a major thing that was being brought up at the end. And they just brought it up. Like we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah. And then (laughs) that was it. That was it. Oh, so frustrating. I think that it is time for us to read some. No one's going to get this one right. 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 Wrong way to say it. I meant to be like people like uh, predictions are not going to. No one's going to get our. It's impossible. Uh, I'm going to look up Twitter here. All right. Let's see if anybody took the bait. No, people like my tweet, but they didn't reply. So no predictions on Twitter. All right. Well. We start off with Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Uh, just to get this out front, Kimberly b- predicts a 6 out of 7 for Brent and a 7 mm. out of 7 for Zach. Oh, my goodness. Oh, she is so disappointed right now. Uh, oh, no. All right. Oh, boy. Zach will bump it up to 7 <laughs> for meta reasons. Brent will okay. still enjoy the episode and get that it's important. I predict that yeah. he had cereal for breakfast and that it was adequate. Yeah, no, I had uh, ham, egg, and cheese on an English muffin Ooh. from Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Uh, well, Kevin says... Hi, Kevin. Hi, Brent. Hi, Zach. After not being a huge fan of the last few episodes, I like this one. And yeah. the season is about to kick it up a notch. I okay. think both of you will give this one a 5 out of 7. I missed you guys. Glad to see you back at it. Well, we yes. missed you too, Kevin. Yes. And uh, we are glad to be back into it. Uh, this is a mm-hmm. good outlet of creativity for me. And uh, I'm I missed it, and I'm glad I'm back. Um, yep. So, quite all enjoyable. Right, we have Dan. Hi, Dan. Dan says I don't think we've heard from Dan before. Yeah. Well, welcome, Dan. Welcome, Dan. Thanks for writing in. There you go. All right. I gotta be honest. He says I wasn't mm-hmm. a fan of last week's episode. What was that one? Oh, uh, the, there wasn't one. Awkward. Oh, funny, funny. He's uh, a funny one. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, <laughs> welcome back, boys, he says. 
So, uh, so cure, he says. Uh, yeah, um, this one. We always knew SG-1 was an elite unit, but a diplomatic unit? I like yeah. Jonas and all, but he's no Daniel. I would be astonished yeah. if that would have really been the case. Also, how did Ageria survive all that time downstairs before the Pangarans found her? On that one, she was in a canopic jar in a, a stasis pod, basically. Yeah, so she was like Osiris. Yeah, um, we established that one there, too. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about another thing. What what kind of despair does a person live in being inside a cop? Whatever. Anyway, but All right. Fine. 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 Right. Lessons away. to be learned, says Dan. One, mm-hmm. earthens sounds way better than earthlings, especially uh, when talking to non-earthens. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Terrans is really, really good, but earthens. I yeah, like that one, go. too. Number two, who needs a Guawul tester? Just look for signs of possession like evilness, glowing eyes, and cliche behavior. <laughs> right. <laughs> number, th- number three, what? Jack knows French? He actually asked the Pangaran president uh, that French question? First of all, since when does Jack show any sign in the French, show any interest in the French language? Secondly, right. how did Dolan understand? I suppose he read the uh, intonations Jack gave yes. off, but still <laughs> he could have asked can i have it he could have asked can i drink it now yeah i mean right it's a fair episode dan says but not a great episode we are introduced to tritonin um we uh i think it's a four and a half he says mm-hmm. i'm thinking a five from zach and a four from brent mm, yeah i mean i get it like i said and i i, I can't emphasize this enough I'm telling you the truth genuinely inside me. I do not think it irrational for someone to like this episode a lot. And I do not think it irrational for someone to be like, it's fine. I looked at this thing and I'm like, no, 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 no. You could have been great. You could have ruled the world. (laughs) Instead, you decided to get a Subway sandwich. Neither of these things are even remotely on par. And one's actually kind of terrible. All right. We have several more. So let's get going. Let's talk about the sandwich. Carry on. All right. Evan says... Hi, Evan. The scene in the mega bathtub reminded me of the screaming eel scene from The Princess Bride. I remember this episode more for the future implications than for anything that actually happens in the episode. Mm -hmm. It's suspenseful, but it really feels like an episode that's more about providing new plot points than actually being that exciting. Mm -hmm. I'll go five from Brent, since the twist will still be present for him. And four from Zach, since it's mostly just an inoffensive but not super memorable episode. Yeah, meh. I hear you there, Evan. Uh, If it weren't for what this story does in the world building, there you go. Sean says. Hi, Sean. Ah, the old Zeppelin to show it's not Earth when everything else is almost (laughs) the same. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. See, guys? Not Earth. Not Earth. (laughs) The start of the episode seemed familiar. Very similar characters to older episodes. Brief Candle, 2001, 100 Days, Past and Present. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remembered what this one was about just before Jonas and Teal'c went off exploring. Holy smokes, if a huge Queen Ghoul doesn't make this a 7 out of 7 all around, what will? Maybe the treatment of a Queen Ghoul properly? Well, you know... You dropped that bomb? 
feel like Sideshow Bob right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Swack. (laughs) All right. All right. We've got one more prediction here on Facebook from Tim. Hi, Tim. Tim says, I give this a six, though I think that may be higher than average. It is a bit slow, but it has important ramifications in the greater story. I also like the ethical questions it brings up, but doesn't answer. Mm-hmm. I find questions without mm-hmm. answers fun. Uh, Tim, I would Clarity. agree with you on that. I do find questions without answers fun. My issues with this is that uh, they don't actually quite finish the question. <laughs> hey, Zach. Hey, Zach. Do you think it would be important if the Gould were to... Um, yes. Yes. Yes, that, would, that, be, a satisfying that, that, question? that would be important. Mm. Uh-huh. All right. Tim continues. Uh, I think Zach will give it a five and a half and Brent will give it a five because the story is pretty slow. You are 100% right, Tim. It is a slow story. All right. We, nah. Well, okay. We do have a couple of, well, a few emails here. So we'll start with mm-hmm. Rob. Hi, Rob. All right. Um, all right. We'll see how I go here because I noticed in bold I see a potential spoiler uh, warning. So, have you heard from Rob before? Ah, uh, I th- yes, I don't know. yes, Rob. We have? Yeah, okay. we've heard from Rob before. Okay. All right. This episode is pretty good, but is it just me or does anyone else get the sense that Jack doesn't fully trust the Tokra? Well, <laughs> yes. Yes. I like the story. <laughs> Acting is solid as usual and definitely mm-hmm. moves forward the bigger overall storyline. Okay. I personally give this one a five. Mm-hmm. I knocked it down just a notch because the ending wrapped up too fast for me and felt a bit rushed. I personally yep. would have liked to see this as a two-parter. First episode ending with the discovery that the queen is a Tokra and an entire oh. second episode dealing with the fallout. That would even that uh, you don't even have to do 10 episodes like I want to do. You could do two. Uh, I think more yes. screen time to further explore the full potential of the Tritonan discovery, as well as the impacts yes. of the enslavement of the Tokra Queen would have really enhanced the episode. Yep. I would agree with that. I predict Brent will give it a five, as I think mm. he will also mark it down a notch for the rushed ending, and Zach will give it a six because of the Tokra Queen revelation and the discovery of Tritonan. I hear what you're saying, Rob, um, and I think that your relative marks between Brent and me are not far wrong, but uh, mm-hmm. we're also swimming in a uh, shallower pool. Yes. That's all. Uh, but are there ghoul uh, larvae, not larvae, are there symbiotes in this, in this pool? Oh, uh, possibly. But if they are, they don't have the genetic memory of the, the, their queen. Oh, good. So I'll just be a vegetable. Yes. That sounds great. Go team. I'll be celery. (sighs) All right. Uh, Susie says. Hi, Susie. She says, I loved O'Neill's entrance as the expected brilliant and savvy negotiator and man of such genius. (laughs) I respect that, Susie. I it didn't it didn't work for me, but that's okay. The introduction of Tritonin and the backstory of Onagiria, the mother of the Tok'ra, are two very significant additions to the Stargate mythology contained in this episode. Again, we see SG-1 dealing with a potential ally with a secret to keep and the Tok'ra who, in typical fashion, withhold information until their needs are met. I like the beautiful architecture shown on the planet. 
establishing in the planet establishing shot and the conference room as the Pangaran public face, which was diametrically opposed to the dark and dank secret of the Tritonin processing plant. Mm. I I get you there. I I um, I'm with you. I totally get you there, and I definitely was in my own little pity party enough to really appreciate it. Yep. But now that you it's pointed out, you recognize it. Oh yeah. All right. She continues. You'd think the scientists could have at least found a bigger fish tank for the queen and filtered the water more often. <laughs> Those were nutrients in there, Susie. Oh. Nutrients. Okay. It wasn't. Anyway. Jonas and Teal <laughs> sleuthing about was enjoyable and ultimately led to the unraveling of the mystery of the captive queen symbiote. Overall, a satisfying episode with SG-1 doing what they do best, which is being brilliant and savvy negotiators. I give it a solid five and a five for both Brent and Zach because nope. I can't figure out why they might have go might go higher or lower. Oh, I, I told you why. Well, <laughs> so dear Patreon supporters, if after this episode you think that Brent or I was um unfairly harsh on this episode, mm-hmm. especially Brent, you know what you can do. I got a feeling that we might have the bane factor to navigate and now the cure factor to navigate. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's possible. Mm-hmm. We have one more prediction from our good friend, David. Hi, David. David says, it's been so long, I don't even remember how to do a Chevron encoding bias buffer. But wait a minute. That, w- that was one right there. Oh, my goodness, was it? Oh, oh. he did it. Okay. Oh, David. David, even when you can't remember how to do it, you still can do it. Trust uh, yourself. That's right. Just trust yourself. You can do it. Use the fools, David. That's the wrong series. Oh. All right. He's switching to, auto- He's switching to manual. All right. All right. I'll keep this short because you're probably at hour three because you have not stargated in a long time. So you that, need to catch up with each other. And there's a lot of philosophical stuff to talk about. Stuff like Egeria blanking her children so the Pangarins can use them. Can't use them well, uh, but also passing on a flaw so they would have to stop using them. Okay, right. Kelma sacrificing themselves uh, and the host so just just so Ajiria could live (sighs) a little bit longer and pass on knowledge. The Pangarans actually feeling bad about what they did rather than digging in and being whiny and defensive. The bit of Toker backstory is cool, but most importantly, the implications of Tritonin. Yeah. So I think Brent... That if you hadn't walked in with the the view of the frustrations that you had, which I am not discounting, um, then we would have been able to dig into some of these other things uh, far more. I completely acknowledge and accept the, that because I thought this was a good story done poorly, that that was the only thing I was able to focus on. So, and, and this would be one of those situations where I think it would be awesome uh, and Patreon supporters, you know how to make this happen. <laughs> it would be awesome for us, Brent, to revisit uh, this episode visit. All right. so that we can spend more time on these philosophical questions. I would have been interested to see what what footage hit the, the cutting room floor. And a, a director's cut of this episode probably would have been a lot of fun. Huh. Well, I don't think i have that it doesn't exist i know but i'm just saying all right so david predicts that you will give this five chevrons yeah uh and i yeah. will give it five and a half chevrons Mm-hmm. so yep there we go nope 
All right. See what I should do. I should not do this. I should always just give completely. No, I used to do that. There was a time where people couldn't figure out what I was going to. I still do. I'm chaotic. Whatever. There we go. Hi, welcome to the part of the show where I speak in half sentences. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And the next episode of Stargate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what do we got? The next episode of Stargate SG-1 is called Prometheus. Mm. And I ask you, what is Prometheus all about? Oh, man, I should have seen that Ridley Scott movie and I didn't. Um, It wasn't that good of a movie. I hear that. I that's what I hear. Um, Because wasn't it like the prequel to Alien or something? Something like that. Is that it? All right. Anyway, okay. Prometheus. Prometheus. All right. Prometheus. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team travel through the gate to find themselves in a strange world. On this world, they meet two individuals who are engaged in an artistic endeavor, which is self-referential and very meta. These two individuals have engaged in the process of examining a particular work of art over time and asking different questions of themselves, of the art, and of society that created it. Basically, it's academic study, but for purposes of this conversation, it's a podcast. And the individuals are, like, let's call them Zrent and Back. <laughs> Zrent and Back have conversations regarding this particular work of art. And Zrent asks the question of Back, do you want to enjoy the more in-depth aspects of this particular story? And Brack says, of course I do. I would love to do that. And so indeed, Zrent hands Brack the knowledge to understand and enjoy it more deeply. But unfortunately, something goes wrong. Uh-oh. What was handed over was something that could have provided much enjoyment, profound insights, and incredible aspects of artistic vision that could have been enjoyed by millions for all time. But instead, it became something all-consuming. What could this mysterious thing be? How could it consume things? Is it like fire? Who knows? Join us next time on Stargate SG-1, Prometheus. So, uh, Zach. Yes, Brent? Are we going to see a bunch of cavemen get in fire? Um, no. Are we going to see SG-1 given technology that actually is going to cause them more harm than good? Possibly. Are we going to see two podcasters talking about a particular Stargate show uh, and the one getting a little bit uh, too big for his britches and being all sassy and saying that the creators of a beloved series got it way wrong and had absolutely no idea what they were doing behind the scenes? Uh, Well, we won't see that in the episode. We might see that after the episode. Who knows? Maybe so. Could be. Could be. Um, so uh, I do want to take this time, Brent, yeah. to say that you missed a perfect opportunity to pull out Zach Nicotel and Brent Tech. Oh, you're right. I was, you're right. I was, well, I mean, I was kind of trying to, yeah, 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 yeah. That no, exists. No, no, that's, that's okay. All right. Shall we? <laughs> Shall we watch the promo? Yes, yes. Let's watch this promo. All right. Let me pull it up here really quick. While you're doing that, I'm going to say thank you to our good friend David for making... Oh, wait. No, that's at the end. David makes the promos. We're about to watch a promo that David makes. I'm ready. Okay. I'm hitting play now. Next time on Stargate SG-1. Major Carter, 
My name's Julia Donovan. I'm with Inside Access. Over the past two years, uh -oh. several billion dollars of taxpayers' money has been funneled into a secret government project called Prometheus. She caught me completely off. Did the right thing, Major. What is Project Prometheus? All right. Eventually, you're going to go public. You let Julia take a camera crew to document Prometheus. Talk about it. This is an insanely bad idea. The decision has been made. This is Prometheus, otherwise known as the X-303. Everything is at risk what? when the tour takes a deadly turn. Wait, what? What do you want? You're currently holding two prisoners we want released. Colonel Frank Simmons and Adrian Conrad. It's all next time on Starcase. What? Whoa! Wait a minute. 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 We I'm gonna wait. Are gonna I'm we waiting. are gonna have a super rad Earth developed spaceshipy thing. Well, I'm presuming it's a spaceshipy thing, actually. I don't know that for a fact. Uh and the episode is titled Prometheus, and and it's how can it end in any other way other than oops, we didn't see that coming. <laughs> We thought we were given something nice, and instead we were given something deadly. I will have to... Although I'm getting my myths kind of conflated there, right? Because it was Prometheus stole fire from the gods and gave it to people for their own use. And people then use it. So the real moral of the... Moral, but the real, like, like uh-oh part of the story was that the that such technology was stolen from the gods... So in that respect, maybe that's why Prometheus is named Prometheus, because we have stolen this technology from the gods themselves. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, we Namely, will find out Rob, more Pappas, information. Kronos. Who else? Uh, Harrower. I already mentioned him. We killed so oh. many, I didn't even know. Oh. Sokar. Anyway. Oh, Sokar. Uh, but uh, Zippy's still around. Zip. Zippy is probably still around, Zippy. yes. Yep. Although he wasn't a system lord. He was just a... Oh. He was a, he was a system duke. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Although I'm screwing things up because, you know, a lord could be, uh, you know, he could be an alderman. That, there you go. There you go. Not likely, but, you know. Well, anyway. Anyway. Cool. Thank you, David, for thank that you, David. Promo, promo. Uh Thank you. That was awesome. Uh, I actually had a chance to watch the first half of that promo before we got on our phone call but then you called and stopped so i didn't know how ah. it was going to end and ah, then when ah, i saw ah, how it ah. ended i'm like oh boy yep that's fun nice nice um frank simmons and adrian conrad uh-huh we get q back another yep, god q back and uh we get oh golly what's what's that guy's name ah whatever i'll remember the name later all right well um, thank you very much for listening Davis. to our podcast. We get, Davis we get, we get Major Davis. There you go. I'm, thank you. You know, here I am. I'm just trying to move us on, and then you just keep pulling us back. <laughs> hey, Zach, you know what we should talk about? We should talk about whether or not this show did a good, a, a good job uh, answering some questions or not. Do you want to get into that? I think that this would be a great time for our listeners to tell us what they think about... Uh -huh. About... Uh, about how criminal it is that a great episode can be a great line of stories can be just mistreated so much I, so that it just turns into garbage. I think that there are a lot of things that they could talk about 
And I would love to hear those things. You can do that by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. You can, of course, do that on Twitter at Stargate Walking. You can do that on Facebook, Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and group and all that stuff. You can, of course, go to our website, wtts.space, space, and do that there as soon as that gets all set up and situated. Uh, so there's lots of places that you can add your comments and thoughts on this episode, on us, whatever it is. We want to hear it. We do. So, until Especially you... this one. Yes. Until you do that, I will say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.